This is the Chicago Podcast Network. Hey everybody, thank you for downloading this episode of the Chicago Podcast Network out front with AJ and Nick. And today's a little bit of a different episode. Uh, We're going into it, well, uh, it's AJ's birthday show. So what we're going to do is let him drive, have some fun. He can ask me anything he wants. And we're going to kind of see where the conversation goes. I told AJ we can talk or discuss about whatever he wants. So I will be as surprised as you. When it comes to the topics, you can find us, ladies and gentlemen, on Facebook, Chicago Podcast Network, on Twitter, under Chi-Town Podcast One, and most importantly, you can email us at Gmail, Chicago Podcast Network at gmail.com. I hope you guys enjoy today's show. I know it'll be something special. Here we go. Hello, people. This is Nick Sorantos, the Grand Poobah Editor-in-Chief of the Chicago Podcast Network, but I am not in charge today, because today, ladies and gentlemen, we are celebrating the anniversary of the birth of the best activist slash socialist slash host slash human being that I know, and that is, of course, my good buddy, AJ Signari, joining me over the interwebs and Skype. AJ, do what you do so well. Hey, people. See, he gets deep with it, and I love it when he does it. I say it every time he goes with the deep voice. One time, you got to go with a high-pitched, like, I just got my manhood cut off kind of screech. Hey, people. See, that that's... Did you intentionally go with a Mr. Towley, or does that just kind of happen? It just kind of happened. I didn't want to do Mr. Towley, but that's usually my baseline voice in order to get to a high voice i like it i like it so it's your birthday show aj we are we the deal that we made off air was that i said it'd be kind of fun for you to just well tee it up to set me off so let's just see how annoyed i can get within an hour and how much fun you can have egging me on by saying things that you know will drive me crazy does that sound like fun to you it does and i've been really really thinking about this on what I can do. Like, do I start out like the boiling frog experiment? Like, start out, you know, tolerable and then increase from it or just go on for a boil or just blindside you? So there's a, a menagerie of things I could do. I just don't know where to start, but I guess I could start by asking you, what's your favorite Doctor Who episode? The only one I've ever seen, the one where there's a shark floating in midair. <laughs> the sharks floated midair. What? Yeah, it's a it's a Matt Smith Doctor Who episode. It was the episode that a friend of mine at when I was working for the Evil Corporation uh, put up, and literally it was like you because my argument against Doctor Who was that the effects are too bad for me to enjoy it. And he goes, "Well, check out this," and he showed me, and it was like a shark floating in midair that was trying to bite Doctor Who. I think it was Matt Smith episode. Yeah, because Karen Gillian was there, who who I do love, but. Yeah, that's the only episode of... And I, I haven't seen the whole episode. I just saw the segment with the shark. But why do you hate Doctor Who so much? I mean, I mean, other than the CGI bit, what that's it, is though. it? It's very because British. Because Doctor Who, well, duh, because it's the BBC. Now, I know you're so enthralled with Star Trek, and I, I feel that once you get on Doctor Who, you would have that same addiction like you do with Star Trek. As well as Star Wars. You would think so, but you're wrong. Uh, the few times that I've actually tried to watch Doctor Who, like I think I told you I watched, when the Sci-Fi Channel launched Doctor Who 
as like a repurposed thing, like they would take the last season and air it on the Sci-Fi Channel. They did a lot of promoting for it, and this is when I was watching Stargate SG-1 a lot. And I watched the episode with Christopher Eccleston as uh, Eccleston, Eccleston as Eccleston. Okay, Eccleston. There you go. Hey, <laughs> tells you how he's much not I Jewish. Can. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> well, he's he's he, listen. He's very Sephardic. Um, <laughs> the, there was the episode, it was the first episode he was Doctor Who where the mannequins come alive and attempt to attack him. And I'll always remember there's a scene in the trailer for the episode that when it happens, it's like, hello, Rose, I'm the doctor run for your life. And right. I, the, I remember that, the, but other, the episode itself made no sense to me. I didn't care about the characters by the end of the hour. Uh, I didn't care about the plot about involving the living sex dolls that came to life to try to kill them and and, and yeah it's just never something that i really liked and it, it's basically cost me a relationship with a wonderful woman because of my hatred well, of doctor who and well i can see that because here's the thing i mean for me not everything is doctor who i mean there's there's some episodes i'm like why they do that especially matt smith yeah, I Star Trek's got that too. Entire. There's the there's Star Trek has that too. There's that episode where uh, all of Starfleet is being controlled by mealworms. You know, so there's well, right. The, I mean, there's but like even like Matt Smith. I mean that they changed entire storyline with Matt Smith because if you get to like Dave Tennant, he goes all into Dave Tennant, then all of a sudden they change the whole storyline with Matt Smith. And all of a sudden, now you have Peter Capaldi, and they're kind of wrongfully getting back to a certain track with that and everything. So I, I know you're a person who loves sci-fi. I know you're a, a man with who likes a good story and everything. I'm worried, I think I'm, Doctor I'm, Who is that good story. You know, I think there's elements of it that I think you'll like about it if you kind of just remove the filter of it's BBC and... Listen, 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 listen. I appreciate gadget. anything that has that long of a mythology. And and I do. I like the fact that it has that long mythology. I just personally, myself, do not enjoy watching it. I don't disparage people for watching it. I just get tired of being told that because I love Star Trek, I should love Doctor Who. I can tell you that that is not the case. I, I do not enjoy watching Doctor Who. Of of the nerdy... Like, when I go to a convention, I was at Comic-Con this year. I went to C2E2. And... The people who were there who were Doctor Who fans, you could tell. I mean, I, I'm versed enough that if I'm at the con, I can identify who's dressed as a doctor, who who the uh, Daleks, Daleks, whatever they are, are. Like, I recognize those kinds of things. I, I get that. I just personally do not like the show. I don't disparage people for liking it. Like, I love that you have something that you like that much because I have many things that I like that much. But I, well, I think... I think it's an invalid argument if someone says, well, if you like this, then you ought to like that. I mean, I like um, the Avengers and all that, but that doesn't mean I should like Doctor Strange. But you don't. You don't like Doctor Strange. I don't like Doctor Strange. You're not looking forward to Cumberbitch as Doctor uh, Stephen Strange? I am. I'm, I'm, I'm going to see the movie, but I just don't like the character. I just, I've never been a fan of 
Strange. You know, it's funny that you say that because I wanted to get into this a little bit with you on another show, but we'll do it now. I, I, the Batman v Superman is another great example of this. Batman v Superman, as of right now, has made $550 million. Okay? By all counts, that's a successful movie. But Avengers 2 cleared $1.9 billion. Star Wars is at $2.something billion. This movie, Batman v Superman, Warner Brothers, two crown things, is at five hundred million, and how it gets to five hundred million is kind of what you're saying about Doctor Strange, where people like us who are into that genre field will still go see a movie like that, even if we're not overly enthused about the characters involved. And I wanted to ask you: Do you think that there's anything else in entertainment that's like that? I don't know. Quite it's, honestly, um, it's a weird thing, right? It is, but I mean, I guess I'm I'm gonna watch Doctor Strange because I want to see how Benedict Cumberbatch is gonna play Doctor Strange. But same token, Doctor Strange is you can do a lot of CGI work on that character, and I don't know who's the whole cast and technical crew and all that. But if they get the people who did Inception, I think this will be an awesome movie. The guy who's directing it, and I can't remember his name off the top of my head. In fact, I'll go ahead and uh, look that up right now just to be sure. But this is is not the kind of movie that people are going to be overly shocked that it's going to be good. First of all, I I was still impressed that Cumberbatch uh, even agreed to do it because there's a famous story that when he was signed on to play uh, Khan in Star Trek Into Darkness, that Patrick Stewart told the story that they were out to dinner one. He was out to dinner with Brent Spiner. They had filmed uh, that show, not extras, but another show that they were on together. And Cumberbatch came up to them and goes, listen, I've just signed on to play a character in Star Trek. Have I ruined my career? Which, first of all, is just a rude thing to say to Patrick Stewart. Um, but it's one of those things where you go, okay, if that's how you reacted to casting in Star Trek, right. like, why did you suddenly agree to go and join the Marvel Universe? Because it's not like he signed for one movie. Like, they don't let you do that anymore. So, to me, the question is, why did he even agree to it if that's the way he reacts? Right. But I think the fact that he agreed to it means that the stri- the script has to be outstanding. Like, it just has to be. That's the only explanation I can think of for why he would do it. And there are some actors in it who are amazing. Um, Chihuahua Ch- Okafor, I can never say his name right, and it, it annoys me that I can't, uh, is, is in it playing one of the villains. Uh, who else is in this thing? Uh, Rachel McAdams plays his love interest. Tilda Swinton plays... Uh, it, shocking. AJ, I'm going to shock you. Are you ready? Yeah. Tilda Swinton plays an androgynous character. Or as I like to call it, well, Tilda. Yeah, Tilda Swinton is in a movie, therefore it's androgynous. Uh, let's see. It's directed by Scott Derrickson. Except for except for Narnia. Okay. Yeah, because she was she was she the White Queen in Narnia? Yeah, she was the Ice Queen in Narnia. I don't know why, but in my head, I always still think it's Kate Blanchett, even though right because it's like one of those it's like her. Um, Tilton Swinton and a few a few others that kind of like, oh, it's that. No, it was that person. I'm like, are you sure? And then you go back I'm like, oh, what the fuck? It's because there it was there's someone's doppelganger somewhere out there. And for the longest time, I've always I've always confused um, Hank Azaria for well, there's another guy who who kind of looks like Frank 
Hank Azaria, if not acts like Hank Azaria? Well, I, 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 I don't know who you compare. Mark Ruffles, Mark, Ruff, Mark, Mark Ruffles the same way. You think Mark Ruffalo and, and Hank Azaria look the same? No, I'm saying Mark Ruffalo is the same kind of person. Like, this Mark Ruffalo is another person that kind of looks like Mark Ruffalo. I, I, you just said Mark Ruffalo is the kind of person who looks like Mark Ruffalo. That's what you just well, said. Someone who, yeah, someone who looks like him. I can't think of that person right now, but he's another person who has a doppelganger in Hollywood. Oh, okay. I mean, you could have gone with something somebody like uh, Amy Adams and Ilsa Schreiner. Schreiner. This is my ability to show a top to make you annoyed. So go with it. Okay. I mean, I'm going with it. I'm annoyed. I, I'm annoyed that you, you've <laughs> you've said two people, but you can't think of who they also look like. I mean, that's a weird. It's a weird way to take the conversation, buddy. I, I, I don't know. There are there. And, are, and, and, and furthermore, why does your socks suck? Oh, they don't though. They're not. They're not sucking. They're not terrible right now. I mean, they're not. You know, go to hell. Just go to hell. Okay. I live in a. I live in a. I live in a world, man, where I got to deal with the fact. Look, the White Sox are in first place, so suck it. I mean, you can go to the North Side. I don't want to do that. And stop saying that. That's never going to happen. I was here, AJ. You want to have some fun with me? Screw you, pal. I actually cheered when Carl when I found out that Kyle Schwarber was hurt. I was happy. And the only thing that would have made that day better is if on the same day they found out that Arietta needed Tommy John surgery. I'm just saying. I mean, there's North Side team. Yeah. And there's yeah. A there's big, a North Side team. They're called the Milwaukee Brewers. They're called the Milwaukee Brewers. They're they're, they're a wonderful franchise. Uh, they're at they don't want to put a franchise, but if you go south of Milwaukee, there's that one neighborhood in the south, no, north side of Chicago mm-hmm. called Wrigleyville. Oh, is that the one that smells like vomit and pee? Well, just just like the neighborhood, you don't sell your field there. No, the U.S. Cellular Field smells like there used to be a meatpacking plant nearby. I'm not saying it's any more pleasant, I'm just saying it's different. I'm a White Sox boy. <laughs> it's just uh, say it's horrible, but it's better than puking. I mean, I can't, I can't get meatpacking stuff on me in the in, in, in the cell. I can't get vomit and pee on me in Wrigleyville. You can get meat stuff on you. I mean, yeah, but that's because I eat like a slob and I end up dribbling, you know, the hot dog all over my shirt. I'm just saying. I mean, listen. I'm not going to be a Cubs fan. I don't want the Cubs to win the World Series. If the Cubs are even in the World Series, I'm going out of town. I have spent a lifetime, AJ, a lifetime spreading hate and vitriol about that team. And I am aware of the comeuppance that is headed my way if the Cubs were to win the World Series while I am alive. I'm just telling this, I'm telling this right now. If and when the Cubs are in the World Series, all right? Yes. I'm going to get two... For the playoffs, and one of those tickets is for you, my friend. I'm not going right next to me. I'm not going. You are. You are. I'm not and going. If and when they're actually in the World Series, I'm gonna get two tickets, and you, my friend, are gonna sit right next to me behind the catcher. Okay, those are scout seats. So you're talking about five thousand dollar tickets, AJ. And I'm not I trying to be a people. jerk, but I'm but I'm technically the kind of guy who knows roughly how much money you make and you can't swing those tickets and I'm okay with that. I know people who can get those tickets for me. 
then you should take someone who wants to go. Because if you take me, I'm going to be wearing socks gear at a Cubs World Series game. I am that asshole. I, I want I want you to go. Because, A, it's going to be a good time. Secondly, it's I want not, to hear your commentary. It's not going to be a good while time. While we're there. It's not going to be a good time for you. I'm gonna, we're going to get in a fight. And you're going to have to. It's going to gonna be fun for me because I'm not really a, a huge Cubs fan. But it's just going to be comical that you're just going to sit there. I might not even say anything. I would. I would literally, if that happened, if I was like held hostage and forced to go to that game, which is the only way I would go. And even me being held hostage is not enough because I would. I honestly thinking about it, and this is this is one. What do they say on the Larry Wilmore show? Keep it one hundred. Keeping it one hundred. Yeah. I honestly believe that rather than go to a World Series Cubs game, I might actually want to die. I do. Oh I, wow. I think I would legitimately rather be dead. Then have to go and suffer through that horribleness. I just thought about this, by the way, because the Sox are in first place right now, and they actually have a pretty decent team. In the scenario where the Cubs and the White Sox were playing in the World Series, I don't think Cubs fans understand that it would actually still be more stressful for Sox fans. Because Cubs fans want to win. Sox fans in that scenario, it's much more important that we don't lose. And you do realize that if the Cubs and the Sox were in the World Series together, the whole city will implode. Yeah, no, there'd be lines. There'd be lines drawn on North Avenue, oh. just like where people bust out like Mad Max style, um, just battles on the road of trying to figure out which side to support. I, I, Seriously, because I, I mean, I was just thinking this. Like, someone has asked me one time, "What would happen in one year that the that the Cubs and the Sox are in the World Series together? The Bulls are in the finals. The, the Hawks are in the finals. Chicago Fire are in the finals. Like, essentially, most of the Chicago teams in the finals, not winning, mind you, just in the finals in one year. Um. Well, if they don't all, never happened. No, it's never. I don't think it's. I don't. You know what? The closest I think any city has gotten to that. I think one year, Boston had the Patriots in the Super Bowl. The Bruins and the Celtics were both in the finals in one year, and right. the Red Sox made it to the ALCS. Like they had like, the, and that's as close as any team has ever gotten to the perfect year, or any city. I mean, has gotten to the perfect year. But if you want to get into like what would happen to this city if those two teams fall again, it would be much more stressful for Sox fans because Sox fans. Look, I'm the first to admit we are the ones who spread the hate because it's so much worse to be a Sox fan because if you're a Cubs fan, you tend to treat the White Sox as like eh, whatever. Like you know what I mean? That brush off thing that people do. Right. And if you're a Sox fan, that just makes it so much worse. So you get so much angrier. So then it becomes like your whole, like the White Sox number one rival is not the Minnesota Twins. It is not the Detroit Tigers or the Kansas City Royals. It's not even the Cleveland Indians. Our number one rival is the Chicago Cubs. That's screwed up. That tells you a lot about our mentality. That's why when people go, why aren't you more excited about the Bears winning three games in Orson? Because I'm a Sox fan. And eventually the rug gets taken out from under me and I'm relegated to second-class status because that is my lot in life. We won the World Series one time in my lifetime and it was glorious for about six months. And then the 2006 White Sox season happened. And then it was no longer glorious. Well, that's the thing with the Cubs winning the World Series. It won't be just six months. That's going to be... 
a whole year and then some. Well, let's okay. Let me run through the you night. Know that, you know that. No, the nightmare scenario is that they win it this year and then win it again the next year, and then and then I'm going to shove a pull so far up your ass you will simply be dead. I'm just saying because I think the goat curse is finally gone. No, nah, it's not. It doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. It does work that way. No, the only way to get rid of the curse of the goat is to kill a goat on home plate. You have to understand that. People well, that who, ain't going to happen due to certain laws that we have. Well, then the goat curse will remain. And honestly, well, I, have mo- I, I, I have more faith in the curse of the goat than I ever did in the curse of the Bambino. The curse of the Bambino yeah. is like something that kind of like grew over time. The curse of the goat was literally a Greek dude showing up with a goat going, I curse you. And then you're cursed. I mean, that's it. And then he walked around the stadium three times. That's it. That's a curse. That's a hex. He has hexed you. So, I mean, you could you don't have to do it on home plate, but you do have to kill a goat on Wrigley property. So maybe kill it and then put it on the statue of Harry Carey. <laughs> like as an altar. statue a, of Harry Carey. Yeah, like an offering, like 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 a like a a Mayan sacrifice thing. Listen, the Mayans were so convinced about curses and superstition, they once killed 80,000 people at once. Okay? Sorry, that's an old Carlin joke. <laughs> and not only that, but they ripped out the heart and held it up in the air beating. That's not murder. That's theater. Ah, <laughs> uh, Miss Carlin. This is a show you that this is what we can do. I miss Carlin. I was talking to a friend of mine about this earlier today that... Uh, just random thing. How much fun do you think we would be having if Carlin were alive for the Trump candidacy? Like, I, I don't know. I think. Do you think it would have killed him? I think it would. Because I think, I think, I would guess he would say, "I have nothing." I mean, the, he's just doing it himself. Why do I need to do this? It's good for a paycheck, but I mean, other than that. <laughs> Uh, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, he's writing his own stuff without you saying it. It's like, just put us on a loop. <laughs> well, did you hear this? I mean, did, did you hear his speech in Pennsylvania yesterday? Oh, about, you know, bringing Joe Paterno statue back? Yeah. How about Joe Paterno? How about that situation? And, and like, half the people started booing, and the other half started cheering. And you're just like, why are you bringing that up? Well, this, this thing's like, okay, clearly you don't fully understand the whole situation, you know? And as much as I, you know, have talked about the Joe Paterno situation with people on various sports things, I mean, it's just a dead issue. Just don't bring it up. Right. I mean, I mean, we all know who Joe Paterno is. He, he was a great coach. With a great ter- football program. And who a terrible person. Unfortunately, he had a very shitty assistant coach who drug his name along with him. Do you. Uh, That's what it was. That's what it was. Well, not only that, but there is the whole story. Listen, I mean, we can, I don't want to get bogged down into a five year old story, but there is the whole thing of like somebody walked in and told him, and he kind of ignored it for five years. I mean that's the kind right? of th- that's the kind of thing where you're like maybe maybe if you're a presidential candidate don't bring up the one dude who in Pennsylvania who is still pretty divisive 
because there are people who want it and people who don't. But at the end of the day, and here's the other thing. Do you can you conceive of a universe where Donald Trump has ever watched a Penn State football game? Well, that, not only that, like my cousin asked me, it's like, who is on his campaign? You have to know. I go, I don't. That's the thing. I don't know who his campaign staff is. I mean, are these just comedic writers? I mean, is he picking people up the street? I don't know who his people are. Have you ever been Clinton's people? I can tell you who Clinton people are. I can tell you who's on Bernie's staff. And John Kasich and Ted Cruz. But Trump, I have no idea. Because well, did you, did you whatever running that show is whatever. Have you heard the story about what's going on with the delegates right now? With about Trump? the ones that are shifting from Hillary to Bernie? No, 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 no. So on the Trump side of things, when oh. when you win X amount of delegates in a state, you have to pick the delegates, right? Like you have to right. go out and, and actually find the people that you're going to send to the convention as your delegates. They're not finding people willing to do it, and the ones who are willing to do it are batshit crazy. So they're having problems finding the people to do it. And the ones that they have that are professionals, no one knows. So now there's a thing going around where, according to the laws, it's not illegal to pay off delegates. So the rule, right. so the thing is is that he's going to now be basically bribing people to stick with him after the first ballot. It's it's like if you if, if anybody out there listening, and we'll do a show about this next week, because that's what our next topic is going to be about, AJ, is this whole thing with the delegates. But... Look into it. It's a weird story, and things are kind of getting crazy. And basically what they're saying is that it all comes down to the fact that, like in Colorado where he had won the primary, that he didn't get any delegates because they had such a poor operation on the ground that nobody registered. Well, you heard about his own kids not registering, right? Oh, my God. Is that not the greatest story ever? I'm I'm like, you knew this last year, and you couldn't. That's like that should be number one thing. It's like, are you registered? Are you registered? If not, go in tomorrow. I mean, that should have been number one. Well, and not to mention the fact that you got to love it. And, and the reason, and the thing is, they were registered. That's the best part. They were registered, but what were they registered as? Democrats, weren't they? Yeah, isn't that great? Isn't that isn't that wonderful? That you just get that? I like my kids are the best. I love my kids, but apparently they're too stupid to switch parties. I don't. I don't know why I turned Trump into Arnold at the end. I apologize. I was gonna say that's that's just. It's because not- I dream of Arnold as president. That's why. <laughs> it's my dream. Don't 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 laugh at me and then go silent. That hurts. That hurts me emotionally. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What else you got to annoy me with? I figured. I mean, it, I'm, I, fig- I mean, I'm 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 really thinking here. I mean, there's some things I could bring up. I know that might just going to be yelling matches and i really don't want to yell today oh you want to um, talk about slender slender man it, it could be on the longs of that here's the thing by the way did you know that they're making a movie about that guy no it's like it's like who's doing this i mean seriously at some point you're like all right listen it's one thing to do it on a fictitious monster it's another thing to do it on a fictitious monster that has already led to one murder in the real world. You know, that place where we all actually live. And then I'm like, I'm saying this is like movie Slender Man. I'm like, no, this is a bad idea. Whoever had this idea needs to be stopped. Like this is this is not good. <laughs> this is this is bad planning. Oh. That's just bad planning. It's just should yeah. not be done. I mean that's why I always get intrigued on 
how these movies get made or who's doing them or what have you because it's just like half the time it's like you know I can do that you know yeah no and, and, and you just but again it comes down to the thing of like you're talking about something that exists in the real world that is not the basis of a horror movie. Like no, like that's the part where you're like, this isn't going to be scary. This is going to be scary, but not for the reasons that you want it to be scary. It, it's going to be scary because this kind of shit actually happened in the real world. So please don't make a movie about. It. It's like when five years after nine eleven, they made that one movie. Was it World uh, World Trade Center or whatever? The one with Nicholas Cage, yeah. and you were just like, too soon. Like I know that we say that a lot, so it has no meaning. But realistically, it is too soon to make this damn movie. No one wants to watch this because we just had to wait five oh. years and that we wait five years after that. And then man of steel comes out and we can just watch it happen seven times. Exactly. Exactly. So, so guess what I'm going to be doing next month. What are you going to be doing next month, buddy? I'm going to be in a haunted house for an entire night. Oh, damn. You going to take a Ouija board with you? No, <laughs> we're not doing that. I, I, that that was my my buddy Ace the dog. I, I find that I find it interesting. You said Ouija board and a dog barked. Well, you know, as if, as if the literal hounds of hell just came out. Hound of the Baskerville, baby. Hounds of the Baskervilles. <laughs> See now, there's some British shit that I like. Give me some Sherlock Holmes <laughs> and some Gothic. You like horror. Sherlock Holmes, but you won't get on. Doctor Who, that makes no sense whatsoever. Nah, because Sherlock, because my argument was always like, no, Sherlock Holmes is supposed to be British. So go ahead, what's the comeback? Doctor Who is always British. Yeah, I don't care though. Doesn't doesn't work with me. I don't care. <laughs> I, your lot, your your perfectly logical argument. I'm shutting it down like a true American. Eh, I don't care. I mean, it, but you also you also understand Doctor Who like. Everyone else has like their own languages, but since they're around him, they all speak British. Well, yeah, that's that's the universal translator on Star Trek. Like, right, like the whole thing of like, yeah, we met an alien species today. Yet they spoke perfect North American accented English. Yeah, sure, why not? No problem. It's better than what they used to do in old sci-fi, where like they'd show up and it'd be like, oh, look at these aliens, and it'd be a bunch of Japanese dudes just speaking English with an accent, and they go, oh, they're so foreign. And you look at it now, and you go, "That's that's decidedly racist." Had I didn't realize that this was the kind of show that was that racist, but Basel. So I saw the worst movie trailer ever yesterday. Was it for Godzilla Resurgence? No, it was Star Trek Beyond. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong about that. <laughs> she actually was doing it just to annoy you, but I'm no, glad you you're, not, you're not wrong. No, that's hey, listen. <laughs> you want to fire me off? I mean, that's fine. First of all, all right, AJ. Let me let me just get ready here. Let me stretch. Get the diaphragm working. All right, you ready? Uh, here we go. Uh, what the fuck kind of title is Star Trek Beyond? Beyond what? What are we going? Be you <laughs> already you already go into space. What beyond is there? Well, I was trying to figure it out as if it was, like, something from another Star Trek movie. Nope. But that's or the an, thing. It's like... Or an episode? There's, there's no... There's no one. There's nothing. Why not call it Star Trek where no man has gone before? Hey, there you go. There's a relevant title. It means the same thing, but it's kind of in keeping with what's going on. But no, we don't go with that. Star Trek Beyond. Because we want to invoke Buzz Lightyear. 
with this shit. Like, no, I, I, the, the, the trailer, here's the problem I have. I love Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto as Kirk and Spock. And, um, oh my God, Simon Pegg is amazing as Scotty. I love Zoe Zaldana as, as Uhura. I like Anton Yelton as, as, as Chekhov. The cast is amazing. Uh, Carl Urban is so close to being DeForest Kelly as Dr. as Dr. McCoy that it, it's it's unreal. But what here's my thing, AJ. This will now be the third Star Trek movie where the Enterprise is essentially useless. Like think about oh, yeah. it. The first movie, the thing is is crippled from the minute it enters the battle. The second movie, it's it's basically outmatched and outgunned by the evil ship. There's no tactics or anything that they use to do anything and then in this one apparently not to let us think for ourselves they're going to blow up the enterprise that we've only had for three movies and i think that you're supposed to the it's the same problem i had with star trek into darkness dude they're going to blow up the enterprise and you're going to and they're going to be like oh this is a big emotional moment and you're going to be like look i've known this ship twice when you blew it up in star trek 3 it was a ship that had been around for 40 years at that point that means something. This means nothing. It means nothing. Even in uh, Generations, the really weird one with Shatner and Picard and Malcolm McDowell for some reason, yeah. the when they blow up the Enterprise D, you're like, look, this is a show. This is a, the ship from the show that I watched for eight years. I have a connection with it. I've watched it every single, like especially me. Like I watched that every day after school. I love that ship, and blowing it up means something. And if you remember, the next movie after that was First Contact, and they have the moment where they're going to set off the self destruct, and Picard they go. It's too bad about... I think Crusher looks at Picard and goes, too bad about the Enterprise E. We never really knew her. And Picard has that great line of plenty of letters left in the alphabet. Like, that's a great line, but it didn't mean anything to us that that ship was going to blow up, which is why they didn't blow it up. Because it wouldn't have mattered. Because nobody would have cared. And now they're going to blow up this ship and they're going to separate this crew and it's... Oh, they're lost... From what I see in the trailer, tell me if you think I'm wrong, they're going to be lost on some planet. Great. That's what I want in my Star Trek. It's basically a Star Wars movie. Star Trek is not Star well, Wars. Well, that's what I was trying to figure out if they were trying to really expand on a episode of the Star Trek TV series and make it into a movie because I thought that Red Planet looked familiar, but then again, I'm <clears throat> there's a lot of red, also more Red Planets. Yeah, and there's also a lot of red planets on any of the shows. But then they show you this stuff, and it looks like a field of bugs is eating into the Enterprise, which I'm afraid they're going to say is the Borg at some point. Like, it, which everything about that trail, including by the way, using the the song from the first movie, they use sabotage again, and yeah. You're like, use a like, ski with the Beastie Boys. That's a cool concept. But you use the same song from the first. Everything about that trailer is just like, we are trying to squeeze every last dime out of this franchise and these actors before they all leave and never play these characters again. Because, well, that's because you can't compete with Star Wars. No, and, and, and but the thing is, is, Star Trek was never designed to be anything like Star Wars. And the problem that I've always had is when people compare the two, because, and I swear to God, it's because they both have star in the title. That's the only reason, because they are two completely different things. Star Wars is not science fiction. Star Wars is fantasy. Star Trek is science fiction. And if people don't know the difference, 
Allow me to explain. Star Wars is about an epic. It is the story of good versus evil, of of learning and the hero's journey and Joseph Campbell and all that crap from the 70s. And, you know, J.R.R. Tolkien. It's more in tune with Lord of the Rings than it is with Isaac Asimov. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. You know, whereas Star Trek is more Arthur C. Clarke. It's more Isaac Asimov. It's we use this setting to talk about issues from our time. And the technology and, and the special effects and the spectacle hide the fact that we're dealing with a real social issue. If you look at even the best Star Trek movies, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, is Moby Dick. That is the book Moby Dick from the perspective of Khan, and Kirk is the white whale. And that movie is Moby Dick. If you look at Star Trek VI, that's a complete allegory for the ending of the Cold War. Go into the episodes, obviously the famous half-black, half-white one, which is the one of the greatest of all time even a good love story in their thing is about what duty and sacrifice and working for the better greater good could you let someone you love die if it meant that you would save humanity that's you know sitting on the edge of forever the great greatest star trek episode ever written by the great sci-fi writer harlan ellison in season two episode 12 the i have a problem the, the but you look at Star Wars, it's completely different, but then you start making these new movies with this younger cast, and it just doesn't... They're, they're trying to force that thing so badly that I think they're losing sight of what makes Star Trek special. And, and I get really annoyed with this new trailer because I'm like, Star Trek... Yes, there is action in it, but there needs to be room for some thinking because that's what makes Star Trek great. And I'm actually excited that this is kind of the end of this little spin because... I, I, I'm not overly enthused about this movie. The one thing that gives me hope is, do you know who wrote it? No. Simon Pegg wrote it. The guy who plays Scotty. Because they came in and they were like, listen, we, we had one guy write a story. We kind of like the story, but it's not a... It, the script isn't Star Trek-y enough, so they gave it to Simon Pegg, who is a Trek fan, and he kind of went in and like built it up a little bit more. So I'm excited about that. But as for the rest of it, I, I honestly, you could kind of shove it. I don't care. And again, I love Chris Pine as Kirk. I think that he's like the perfect dude to play the Shatner character. Like, I'll always remember that one scene at the end of the first new Star Trek movie where he walks onto the bridge and he just kind of stands on the turbo lift like a little arrogantly and walks out and goes, Bones! And you're like, that's Shatner. That's very much a Shatner moment. Like he sits on the seat the same way. Like that kind of stuff I'm into. But the movie itself just doesn't look very good. It, I feel the same way about no. Star Trek Beyond the way I felt about Batman v, uh, v Superman. Like, what, what's annoying about me, and we talked about this before, is you have my money because I am that guy, but I'm not enthusiastic about it, and you're not going to get me going to the theater twice. I saw the, the remake of Star Trek, the, the first one with Chris Pine, like four times in the theater because it was good enough and it was Star Trek enough. Into Darkness, I did not like very much at all and with this one I'm, I'm like i just i have no i i'm not overly enthused to go see this movie so that's right no, no after i saw that trailer i was like what are we doing what are we doing with this <laughs> i mean it's just horrendous it, it's it, and, and it's one of those things where you're like this is a classic american property and you're playing games with it that you don't need to play it's, it's, it's honestly like having Batman kill people. 
Like it's so it's it, to you know what I feel like it's it's the arrogance of filmmakers now, where they're like, well, I'm gonna take this and I'm gonna and I'm gonna make it my own and I'm gonna make it cool because these characters weren't cool before. I like Zack Snyder with Batman. Like Batman, of course, Batman's a killer. I'm gonna make him a killer because that's what he would be. And it's like, no, that's no. By the way, you asked me about you know this is things to go off on. I I've been thinking a lot about that movie since we talked about it, and I figured out what my biggest problem with Batman killing people is, and it's not character based. Are you ready? Yeah, you'll love this because it makes more sense than even like oh the well the character changed. I'm like all right, the character changed. Batman is basically the Punisher now. Sure, fine, whatever. But let's analyze that for a second. Batman works primarily with Commissioner Gordon, correct? You there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One could argue that. I'm just saying, like in the story, in the comics, and everything, it's Commissioner Gordon works with Batman. Here's my thing to you. If Batman starts killing people, especially random thugs, the police can't work with him anymore. He now becomes an enemy of the police, which changes the dynamic, which means that Batman is now the villain of the story. And that, to me, is the, like, when I really think about why does it annoy me so much that Batman kills people, it's because he wouldn't be able to work with the police anymore, because they wouldn't be able to accept the people he arrests, because he's a psychopath killing people. Practically, but pragmatically. You can, can make that argument before all that. Yeah, but it's different because if the guy never kills anybody, he has at least in some way a moral high ground, right? Like he can, you well, can. Well, Go ahead. Well, well, so yeah, I mean, I mean, if you're talking like violence in terms of he's shooting people, killing people, which is what he does. Yeah, but which is what he does, AJ. He, well, well, right, but even though. Let's say prior to that, he he didn't do all that. The police are still in cahoots with a vigilante that people may or may not know about, which means that the police are already in the wrong to begin with, even though said Batman has not killed people. You know, they're still working with a person who has no jurisdiction, who can do whatever he wants, who happens to be the richest person of Gotham, and the police are in cahoots with that. So if people knew about that from the get-go, then it's like, oh, where's the accountability now since you worked with someone who now is just happened to killing people? No, you're right. But the minute he starts killing people, his relationship, like the whole thing to me has always been that, yes, many in the police force want to arrest Batman, but Gordon always stopped them because he considered him to be, for lack of a better term, a necessary evil. Well, the minute he starts killing people, Gordon would no longer see him as necessary evil. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, it would change the dynamics so much that the entire story going forward would now have to be Batman fighting the Gotham police. That's my problem with him killing people in that movie. In that piece of shit, horrible fucking movie. Horrible movie. <laughs> horrible movie. It just... I don't know. I mean... Have you seen it yet? I mean, they're doing a sequel. Have you seen they're it doing yet? A, I mean... I mean, Ben Affleck's gonna do his own movie. As I'm, excited for, so I'm excited for that. He was, he, he was good as Batman. I'm excited to see an Affleck directed with all of his skills and all of his ability making a Batman movie. I'm actually excited to see that. I think that will be a good movie. But 
the movie that is currently out in theaters, Batman, which it may not be out in theaters much longer because it's experienced a 97% drop in box office over the last three weeks. It lost to the comedy The Boss over the weekend, the Melissa McCarthy movie, like which does not happen with superhero movies. It it's have, You haven't seen it yet, right? Well, I have. You have seen it? No, right. I have seen it. Okay. When he grabs the car... And smashes yeah. it onto the truck that is filled with dudes. Like, that, mm-hmm. that's not even like, I'm not going to save you kind of killing. That is straight up murder. Batman murders those guys. That movie is well, terrible. Yeah. That movie is so bad. <clears throat> did you did you like it? What, I, what? I just don't like the, the, the approach they're taking with the Justice League at all. I just don't. I mean, it's just like how I still don't like the approach they take with the Avengers, but that's here and there now. Um, so <clears throat> I just don't like. I just don't like the way the, the Justice League is being done. I don't like the way everyone is a darker character in the Justice League. How about Superman um, smiling every now and then? How about one of those? How about Superman actually being a happy character? And, and I don't know, cracking a smile occasionally. Well, that and, you know, and we said this before in a previous episode, Superman's clothes is darker. Wonder Woman's clothes is darker. Um, Batman is darker than the Dark Knight. Um, the so, Flash I mean, is in an Iron Man suit. You know, I mean, these are, yes, the... The DC characters may have their own issues, um, and they're different from Marvel characters, but Superman and Wonder Woman are supposed to be iconic, um, fictitious characters for kids. You know, you look at Superman as you want to be this bright, strong um, man and force for, women, for good. Force for good. There's woman. a woman. They're supposed to be forces for good. You know what I'm saying? Like you're supposed to watch them and feel inspired to be better because of who they are. And I feel well, yeah. and I feel like when I watch these movies, especially this last one and Man of Steel, I'm like, no, Superman's bar is so much lower than my own that I could be a better Superman if I had his powers. And that's not what you're supposed to think, right? You're supposed to kind of think, like, if I had Superman's powers, I would still not be Superman because I wouldn't be at his moral code level, for example. But right. this... And Go ahead. I think they, they should have gotten rid of Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. Because, uh, like, okay, I, I understand why you picked him, but there... I mean, you could have gotten Kevin Spacey to play Lex Luthor again. easily than Jesse Eisenberg. Well, you could have gotten him. I heard a great idea from Kevin Smith, which was a Bruce Willis as Lex Luthor, with like just but with full Bruce Willis arrogance, would have been cool. But here's the thing about Eisenberg: early on in the movie, I actually really liked his Lex Luthor. Early on in the movie, as the movie went on and he started to become the fucking Joker, I started to get pissed. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, and then his right. plan, like the whole thing with Luther is that the reason he is a match for Superman is because he's so much smarter than Superman, right? That's always been like the big thing. Like, why is Lex Luthor his right. number one villain? Because he's so much smarter than he is. Brains over brawn. But what is Lex Luthor's brilliant plan? I done kidnapped your mama. Now go kill that man and then come back here. Like, 
That's your plan? That's your master plan. Like, Blofeld in the really bad Spectre movie had a better plan. It's just, right. it, it's, it's like you, you are less than a Bond villain in this movie. Because at least the Bond villain has some semblance of an order or something that they're thinking of. Lex Luthor's plan is, I kidnapped your mommy, now go kill for me. To the, to the, well, it's that. It's, I mean, Lex Luthor's character in this film was on the same level as the Mandarin in Iron Man 3. Really? What do you explain? Well, the Mandarin was was not supposed to be like what the the movie portrayed him as. You know, you mean I mean, the Mandarin in the comics, as I've always seen it as this mysterious far far east asian character like an eastern moriarty like an eastern moriarty yeah you know who has these superpowers over iron man and iron man is supposed to be creatively to beat the mandarin not this you know smokescreen character who is really an actor and the real mandarin is the brains behind the operation that's not who the mandarin was and, and I think white that was and white the reason why i don't like iron man 3 and he's white very white he's guy pierce white like i mean it's one of those you things know? you're like his name is the mandarin do we want to hire an asian actor no nah, we don't want to do that no, we want the fake Mandarin to be a white British guy, and then we want the real Mandarin to be a white British dude with an American accent. And that's what pisses me off more, is that I understand Ben Kinsley's parents are both British and Indian, but he's still white. Well, not only that, but even, even if you go under those lines, Mandarin is not Indian. Right. Like, you know, I mean, I mean... I, I mean, when I was little, I saw the Gandhi movie with Ben Kinsley in it, you know? Yeah. And then later on, it's like, why is a white man portraying Gandhi? Exactly. I mean, and, and you you know? if you want to go with the whitewashing, then, of course, there's the whole thing of, uh, oh, who's the actor from uh, Short Circuit? The, the oh, right. And he was white. Yeah, and he was playing like the stereotypical Indian dude. Like it's like one of the is that last gasp of of real racist characters from the early eighties. And it's just, but you watch these these superhero movies now, and, and getting aside from the diversity stuff, which is you and I have talked many times about the idea of just make Bat, the actor who plays Batman black. Like that's a major thing. Step forward rights wise. But it doesn't have to change the character. Because then, like, you know that they would go, all right, well, then his parents were rappers or his parents were... You're like, no, motherfucker. Nothing has to change. Nothing has to change. All you have to you do... You know, yeah. it, would, it would be cool, honestly, if Batman was, say, a youth from, I don't know, uh, the Lower East Side of New York, you know, or the Bronx or Brooklyn... And his parents were killed by a drive-by shooting, and Batman was black because of that. I mean, I would... That's a better story, I think, for Batman than this rich white couple with a kid got shot in the alley, and this kid, who wants his vengeance, is now Batman. Well, uh, by the way, did you enjoy your seventh (laughs) viewing of the killing of Thomas and Martha Wayne? Oh, my God. That's the seventh time you've seen that on film. (laughs) That doesn't include the cartoons. 
because it happened in... Oh, so, so, you're, so you're including the very first Batman. Yeah, if you go back to 1989's Batman, you see it. You see it again in Batman Returns. They go flashback to it. In Batman Forever, the whole plot of the movie is him remembering a detail from the funeral, but it starts with him going through the murder. Batman and Robin, he's talking to Alfred about it. They see it again. Batman Begins, you see it again. They visit it again in Dark Knight Rises. Now we're at 6, and now we see it again in... Batman v Superman. You can also throw in, this is actually the eighth if you include the theatrical release of Batman cartoon Mask of the Phantasm. That is eight times on film in the theater you have seen Thomas and Martha Wayne get killed. Which I so you're, not, so you're not including Batman animated series or Gotham? No, I'm only saying on in the theater. In the theater, if you've seen every Batman movie in theater like I have, that yeah, you've seen Batman's parents be killed eight times. I'm pretty confident that most people on the planet know that story more than they know the story of the birth and death of Jesus Christ. Like I, I'm willing to bet that if you watch, you, you, you really want you want really want to bet on that? I'm, I'm not. I'm saying it's a lot. Okay, is it more? No. I think I think it's a lot closer Facebook than you page, think. We should, we, should, we should make a poll on our Facebook page. Like, which do you know better? Yeah, well, amongst, our audience, you know, amongst our audience, amongst our amongst our audience, yeah, amongst our audience, it's going to be Batman, right? But I mean, two simple questions: Do you know how Batman, how Wayne Bruce, Bruce Wayne's parents died? Do you know who Jesus Christ's parents are? Ooh, plain simple, plain yeah. simple, and see if people know. Like, which can you name quicker: the, the Batman's parents or Jesus's parents? Exactly. Oh, God, man. I don't know. I just... I, I, all right, so we're coming up on the end of this. Because, so. A, we know who our audience is, right? But right. B, I mean, it's not a religious education thing, but it just goes to show you that, okay... We don't need to see it anymore. That's all I'm trying to say. Right? I mean... But the argument could be made about Jesus movies, because you saw it in The Passion, you saw it in The Last Temptation, and you saw it elsewhere about his parents, you know. Um, no, I think that'd be interesting if you know if people know who Bruce Wayne's parents how they died versus you know name Jesus's parents. Yeah, at least well, at least one of them. What's funny is I get one. Uh, hey, I, now that I, now that you mention it, I'm a good Catholic boy. I have no idea how Mary and Joseph died. None. I know how Thomas and Martha they Wayne don't. died. They don't. <laughs> All right. still living in infamy. All right, before we get out of here, we're coming up on this in about a month, and I want to ask you this very important question. Team Cap or Team Iron Man? Oh, Team Iron Man. Oh, I'm Team Cap. No. No. Team Cap Here's is why. The... Go ahead. Tony Stark runs the Avengers. What's 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 Beyonce about this? No, Captain America runs the Avengers. He even said it in Avengers no. too. He's in charge. I just pay for everything. No. Even the series in the comic book series, Tony Stark runs the Avengers. He runs the money. Captain America is the field leader. Right, because they don't like the way Shield's operating, so that's why they run the guys of their own team. So you support the registration of superheroes to a government agency? To a point. That's what Tony Stark stands for in this movie. And Cap is the one who says, no, secret identities keep our families safe. 
Um, yeah, see, yeah, there, there you go. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, because, I mean, I mean, I was on board when, you know, in the X-Men movie, when, you know, Beast was, what, the ambassador to the mutants? Is yeah. That, that was his title, wasn't it? Yeah, or, no, Secretary of Mutant Affairs, I think is what he had. It was a new you know, I position. Mean, I was on board with that, you know, when um, the government was controlling mutants under the X-Men and everything. So I, I, I supported that. And everything. I didn't like what the way Magneto was trying to go about doing it. All right, so you're Team Iron Man. I'm Team Cap. I even went and bought a Captain America shirt just to wear the day the movie comes out to make sure that my loyalties are clear. See, and I'm ho- I'm wondering if through this movie if they're going to reference the X Men at all. No, they won't. The X Men are still Fox. Like they're not going to mention what you're going to start hearing instead of mutants now. To deal with this is you're going to start hearing about a, a group called the Inhumans, which, right? Which is an, like an well, I mean, I mean, I mean, referencing insofar that they may say names or something because it sounds like, like the way I would go about doing it is kind of overlap what the X Men movie was, you know, because there is that overlap there between the X Men and the Avengers at this point. The uh, funny thing is that I heard that the new X-Men movie, Apocalypse, that somebody yeah. went back and they cut in a scene at the end of the movie with uh, Deadpool so that they can officially connect Deadpool because of how, how popular Deadpool was. And rightfully so. Yeah, which is still uh, like top three favorite superhero movie of all time. Deadpool is amazing. If you haven't seen Deadpool, ladies and gentlemen, go see it or watch oh. it illegally or whatever you got to do, but see Deadpool. Deadpool is amazing. And, and Ryan Reynolds does a fantastic job as Deadpool. Happy International Women's Day. Happy International <laughs> Women's Day. <laughs> if you've seen the movie, you get the joke. If you haven't seen the movie, you will get the joke when you see it. All right, AJ, we're coming up on it, man. Anything else you want to talk about? Happy birthday to you, my friend. I hope you had a good one yesterday. Is there oh, I did. A, anything you want to plug, anything you want to talk about, anything you want to mention before we leave for the day? Um, so for those who live in Illinois, particularly in the Springfield area, May 1st, you can see my happy ass down there where my friends and I are putting on a hay market festival, live music, speakers. I'll be doing a workshop and my friends will be doing, doing workshops. There'll be kid, kid activities, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at Douglas Park in Springfield, Illinois. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Other than that, this has been uh, Out Front with AJ and Nick. I am Nick Serenos, who was joined over the interwebs by AJ. Uh, AJ, say goodbye to the people. Ah, nice. He he Ferris Bueller'd you. Other than that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you so much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, You can find us on Facebook, uh, Chicago Podcast Network, Gmail. You can email us uh, at Chicago Podcast or Chicago Podcast Network at Gmail. You can find us on Twitter, Chi Town Podcast One. Other than that, thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you guys uh, next week. We're going to talk about delegates, get into some more politics. We'll be coming up with the New York primary, the all important New York primary. Other than that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. We will talk to you later. We out! It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. You have been listening to the Chicago Podcast Network.